You're listening to Season 2 of Conversations with Kathy, the podcast for women who are looking for a place filled with honest conversations, tangible takeaways, and new perspectives on life, love, and everything in between. And I'm your host, Kathy Ann Roach. Let's jump right in. I don't know about you, but COVID has forced me to turn my mental health game all the way up. If I found myself having to deal with anxiety like I've never had to before. So I was excited to chat with Sarah Falk. Sarah, a cancer survivor, therapist, author, and coach, says that she has struggled with chronic worry and anxiety for years. She also said, I've allowed it to suck the joy out of my life. But now her mission is to teach others how to put an end to the drain of anxiety and to rediscover joy. She is the host of the Worry Less Living podcast. So let's jump into my conversation with Sarah. So Sarah, thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Happy to talk with you. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is a very interesting subject and it's a very personal subject for me because we're here to talk about health anxiety. And I think living in the middle of COVID, I was telling someone yesterday, I said, you know what? 2020, I think I was coping, you know, it was hard, but I was coping. But then along with COVID came, life continued to happen, even though there was COVID, <laughs> right? right? And I, st- I still had issues of friends getting ill with cancer, with um, relationships breaking up. And all of a sudden, it started to feel even overwhelming for me. You know, and I started to struggle with my own feelings of anxiety around my health and everything else. So that's why I'm so happy to have you talk about your experience to share your personal journey and hopefully give me some tips (laughs) to cope. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So Sarah, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I, health anxiety and I go way back. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with cancer for the first time when I was 17 years old. Oh. And I was uh, entering into my final year of high school in the States. And I was having knee pain and found um, bone cancer in my left femur. Oh. So for a year, I went through chemotherapy treatments and surgeries. And as as a pediatric, mm. they treat pediatric cancers very aggressively. So mm. I counted one time and I had 54 chemotherapy treatments and they were all inpatient. Wow. So for 54 weeks, I was in the hospital. Wow. What's that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have totally in terms of school and everything else. That was just. Yes. That's on hold. That's right. And I my teachers worked with me and I was able to do a lot of the classes remotely even back then. Yes. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. But they they helped me so that I could, you know, do some reading and write papers and didn't have to be in the class because mm-hmm. I just couldn't be. Yeah. So yeah. you're 17 years old and you're dealing with a cancer diagnosis. And then I mean that would have, like you said, triggered your feelings of 
what you know scared you are now afraid tell me you know yeah yeah so i noticed in myself i had been a very adventurous teenager yeah i had traveled many places already in my young life for creative writing yeah. So I was a writer ever, ever since I could hold a pencil or a pen, I was writing. Yeah. And writing through all my experiences and mm-hmm. cancer was similar. After, after having cancer, I found that I was staying very close to home. I didn't really want to go branch out anywhere. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends were leaving for university. I did not. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stay at home and you know, where everything was comfortable and safe. And I didn't recognize it as anxiety Mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. But then in my mid twenties, I started having panic attacks. Right. And I, I had actually ended up going to university and, and becoming a medical social worker Mm -hmm. and working with cancer patients and their families. Mm. And I was having panic attacks every single day. Wow to the point where I had to quit my job. What was triggering the attacks? I I came to realize that I cannot address cancer all day. Mm-hmm. It was all day, every day, all cancer. So I was a mental health therapist there and a clinical direct, uh, clinical events coordinator. Yes. And I, so it, every day was about cancer from yes. start to finish. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just while it was good work, I just had to leave that work for people who weren't triggered by <laughs> the topic of cancer. I had to step back. Yeah. And Is it that you were feeling, okay, if this person has cancer, that means my cancer can come back. Is that what was triggering your panic attacks? Possibly just the fear of the potential of it yeah. and knowing that I couldn't control it. Because anxiety in any form, whether it's health anxiety, social anxiety, you know, et cetera, at its core wants to have control. Yes. So we're, we're grasping everything We're and I'm clenching my fists as I'm talking about this, Mm -hmm. because that's what anxiety does to us. It binds us up and we don't move forward unless we have the perfect plan and we think we're in control. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much so. I think sometimes we would do what we think we need to do to make sure that we're all right. So say, for example, let's say it's health anxiety. So you think, okay, I'm going to go to your doctor. I get these tests, for example, and the test comes back and says, I'm okay. But health anxiety sometimes goes, well, are you sure? <laughs> right, right. Or maybe you should get a second opinion or a third yes. opinion or a fifth opinion or <laughs> and then you're spiraling. So, all right. So now you've quit this job. What are you feeling? What are you doing now? I I was I was home. I I was home for a month and realized I was a mental health therapist. So I had been in denial about the panic attacks for mm-hmm. so long. And finally, once I was able to admit it, I created a self-care plan for myself. Right. right. And that included um, anti-anxiety medication for a while. That included limiting the external stimulants, mm-hmm. like the kind of music I listened to. I mm-hmm. changed that. 
or the the kind of TV shows I watched mm-hmm. or the books I read. Mm-hmm. I also altered some of the foods I was taking in mm-hmm. because we consume caffeine, alcohol, sugar. Those are all yeah. stimulants. They all increase our cortisol level, which triggers our anxiety or is mm-hmm. part of that anxiety process in our body. And so I tried to make some of those very practical changes for myself to try to recover, yeah, to heal myself from these panic attacks and to get to a place of functioning again, because I wasn't even functioning. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the medication side? Because I was actually talking to someone today and he was saying to me, one of the issues that the person that he is in contact with is they're afraid to take medication. So when you're taking medication, what is it doing exactly? So I would say even before taking prescription medication, there Mm -hmm. are some over-the-counter medications you can take and you can try before you even, maybe that's the first step Mm -hmm. before seeking prescription. I've learned more since then. Yes. And so there are a couple things to kind of watch out for Mm -hmm. one would be a low vitamin D level, right? Because that impacts your mood and Mm -hmm. can trigger that anxiety and then B12 level. Mm -hmm. So trying maybe some of those supplements over the counter can be very helpful, including, and so for people who have anxiety and having trouble sleeping, that might include something like melatonin. Mm -hmm or magnesium Mm -hmm. because magnesium also has a relaxing effect. Now, this is not the one that, that gets your stomach and makes you run to the bathroom, right? Not that magnesium. (laughs) Well, and you do want to watch out for that. You don't want to take too much, you know, right? (laughs) That does does have that effect too. Yes. If you take too much, you will, your body will tell you. Yes. Because I, for me, sometimes I think, because I'm, I'm thinking I was never the type of person that felt that I suffered with anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, but I keep, for people who have listened to the podcast before, they would know that I lost my dad very young. So my father, the closer I get to his age, I realize that, hmm, is it I'm now I'm feeling more and more anxious and then COVID coming, you know, it came and it hits and everything else started happening. And then all of a sudden I started to feel very anxious about health. I started to feel like, okay, suppose this has happened to this person. Suppose it happens to me. So suddenly I'm always going to a place of suppose this happened to me. And I started feeling as though I was, I started reading up everything on health anxiety and all of these sorts of things, because I started to feel more and more concerned. And I found myself doing just like you're saying, things uh, preventing myself from going to do things, simple things. So uh, I was telling my girlfriend, I said, I needed to change my glasses. And I'm like, I don't want to go do that because, you know, they might find something. (laughs) So I'm very conscious of it. So I, I can imagine you, like you said, actually being a mental health, somebody who specializes in it to then see it happening to you when you're recognizing it, that it's happening. Yeah. And now you're trying to treat it. So how did that turn out? So it took me about a year to kind of right the ship, so to speak, where I was finally feeling more myself. And I, I actually, so the medication I was on 
was actually eventually I felt like I was, it was suppressing those anxious feelings, those heightened feelings, Mm -hmm. but then I was feeling more depressed. Mm -hmm. So finally I just kind of weaned off of that medication to see how things were going. And I had implemented so many different changes because Mm -hmm. we can't just throw a medication at it and it's done and it's all better. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more about there's mindset shifts and lifestyle Mm -hmm. alterations that all, you know, promote this peace of mind, honestly. Yeah. And understanding that the stress response, it's not our enemy. We want to make friends with it because it's an innate, it's a, an instinctual response to any perceived threat. Mm -hmm. And so it's just our system, our, our inner wisdom trying to keep us safe. Right. So one of the things that I like to do and have learned to do, because I still deal with anxiety, even Mm -hmm. to this day, yeah, I just say, oh, there you are. I recognize you, you know, thank you for trying to keep me safe, but there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to worry about right now. Yes. Yes. When you talked about medication, you were talking about the prescription medication in terms that made it a little, made you a little too dull and not as responsive, right? Right. So we want to be clear about that. But when you go into, we're talking about this part of your brain, that's probably hyperactive and hyper aware of, of everything. And sometimes there's an immediate response, meaning that that mind body response. So if you, if you're physical, you have an immediate, oh, my stomach is hurting, or I'm feeling fearful. and, And now my body is responding to that. Is there any way that you can, because it's mind, body, one time. <laughs> it's as though you, you don't get a chance to sneak in and go, okay, hold up. It's nothing to be afraid of here because right. it, all, it triggers a physical response. I right. am assuming that with time, you kind of tend to learn how to do what you do it, with time in terms of getting in between your mind and by the time it hits your gut. <laughs> And even when you have a physical response, because that's really good. I like how you say that you're in this hyper aware state. Yes. And so sometimes you don't even, you're not even cognizant. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, my stomach, you know, physical response. Yes. And even in that moment, I, I feel like taking a deep breath and breathing down into your abdomen not mm-hmm. just sighing, not mm-hmm. just you know huffing. It has to be that nice therapeutic breath down into the abdomen to release some of that tension. Because yeah. you're right, there is a physical response and we're not always aware ahead of time in advance yeah. of it. Yeah. So there are things that you can do to address that physical response in the mm-hmm. moment. Because I had something that happened to me actually today. A friend of mine had emergency surgery about a month ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, coming out of the surgery, they said they found a lump and they didn't know whether the lump was cancerous or not. So on one hand, they were telling him it is cancer, but then they still needed to run some more tests to confirm that it's cancer. And then another doctor said, well, it isn't cancer. So he didn't know. So then they decided that they said to him, well, we, we call you this weekend. 
So he gets called yesterday and they're like, okay, fine. You're set for cancer treatment. And he's like, how am I set for cancer treatment? Nothing has been confirmed. So this is him calling me today to tell me about this interaction that he had. And he said, they called me and they said, I have to go in for cancer treatment. And I immediately feel this whole surge of anxiety come over me. And, and yes, it hits me. It hits my stomach. I'm feeling and he goes on to say, well, no, then we had the conversation and they said it's a mistake. They didn't update my file and no, I don't have cancer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I don't have cancer and I'm fine. And you and, you and, could have bled with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Sarah, he's he's gone on to, well, I don't have cancer and I'm fine. And I am still stuck in this moment of, I can't, I, I can't just like, Oh, okay, cool. We, we do have cancer. I'm, I'm stuck there in this shock and in this uncomfortable physical experience. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> right. I, I know that there's a lot of work to be done once your mind gets into that space. And it seems to, again, like your mind have a mind of its own, Sarah. Right. I, I know that you've said to me in our, in our last conversation that you have to go back and get continually checked for cancer. So mm-hmm. I am assuming that gets your anxiety a little, you know, it shows up again when that yes. time comes up again. <laughs> right. This is true. And I didn't say earlier that Years after bone cancer, I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, gosh. So I've had bone cancer, breast cancer, and two different types of skin cancer. Ooh. So I, I, I've dealt with cancer over and over and over again. And so, yes. and actually I have a scan again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. It, the anxiety comes back up and I think being aware of those feelings and just, you know, just recognizing it. Like my stomach is already in knots and I know what that's about. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm nervous about tomorrow, but I also know tomorrow I'm going to get up mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the, to the hospital. I'm going to have the test. Yeah. And I may still feel anxious afterwards as I'm waiting for results, but I know this Yes, and I know what it's about. And I think yeah. that when we can just remind ourselves, even in those uncomfortable moments, this is my, my body. Mm-hmm. This is my system trying mm-hmm. to warn me, trying to protect me. And mm-hmm. then doing the things that you can do to kind of bring in relaxation and calm yes. and yeah. bring that cortisol level down, you know, cause we've got <laughs> adrenaline and cortisol that are just, yes. <laughs> yes. And so trying to bring those things down uh, those, those chemical levels down, but also that tension, right. To release Mm -hmm. that tension. So it's, it's mind, body, spirit. Yeah. What would you say to someone? Cause we've been talking about health anxiety, but I'm assuming generalized anxiety. It's similar in terms of somebody dealing with generalized anxiety. What is there any difference? So how does that show up? I would say that there really isn't a difference because it comes from the same place. It's that primitive brain, the mm-hmm. amygdala, mm-hmm. where that any perceived threat in our environment mm-hmm. is going to trigger that chemical reaction of cortisol and adrenaline. And then mm-hmm. we're going to have sweaty palms and we're going to yeah. feel jittery. And we just, 
stomach, you know, all of those, all of those things. And that perceived threat is any change in our environment. So even if you're planning a trip Mm -hmm. or you're planning a wedding, Mm -hmm. you know, planning good things, exciting (laughs) things, your brain, that primitive brain doesn't differentiate between quote, good and bad stress. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, you know, just being aware that, okay, this is where this is coming from. And however it, you know, reveals itself, whether it be, or however it's triggered, right? Because it could be health, it could be social interactions, it Mm -hmm. could be just a generalized sense of anxieties. So what would you recommend for someone who is struggling with with anxiety or any type of anxiety? What are some of the techniques that you have found useful? Therapeutic deep breathing is one of the main techniques. I would Mm -hmm. say it helps your mind to focus on something other than those racing thoughts or the things that you're so fixated on. Mm -hmm. And it actually calms your muscles, you know, releases some of that tension in your muscles. But also what's happening when you take that therapeutic deep breath down into your abdomen is you are massaging the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve is our longest, the longest nerve in our body. And it communicates directly from gut to brain. Hmm. So when we, when we're massaging the vagus nerve, one of the roles of the vagus nerve is to activate the relaxation response. So taking a deep breath, I feel is extremely powerful and very underestimated. Okay. <laughs> so this is People a deep breath like, through your nose oh. and out your mouth? What, what kind of deep breath are we talking about here? In, in through okay. your nose and out through your mouth? In through the nose and thinking about breathing down almost to your belly button, if not below. Okay. Because you want to feel your abdomen expand, not your, you don't want your chest to rise. You want your abdomen to expand Mm -hmm. and then slow and controlled exhales Mm -hmm. through the nose or through the mouth. Okay. What about meditation? What do you think about that? The way that I like to practice meditation is to focus on a quote, a scripture, even a word. Mm Mm-hmm. And just to focus on that one thing, mm-hmm. I know there are many different ways to practice meditation, mm-hmm. you know, whatever is most comfortable for the practitioner. So, but I think that that works too, because that's a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. We go into meditation and if we're going to focus on this one word, that doesn't mean other thoughts aren't going to pop in. But the way I like to think about it is imagine your thoughts as clouds. When you're a little kid, you know how sometimes you lay out in the grass and you look up at the clouds and Mm -hmm. you make pictures of the clouds and stuff. And then they change and then they float on by and they're gone. Mm -hmm. Same with our thoughts. Recognize the thought, but then let it go. Right. And hold on to the one word, the scripture, the quote that you want to keep as the focus. Yeah. And that's just kind of a peaceful picture mm-hmm. to enter into meditation with. And hopefully that helps the process because a lot of people are like, I can't 
clear my mind or yes, you know, yes. I, can't say, <laughs> yeah. I can't meditate. I just can't focus. Mm-hmm. But sometimes using that exercise helps them to focus. When should you seek medical help? If it is impairing your functioning, if your anxiety is keeping you from basic activities of daily living, yeah, or you see that that's your tendency or you're leaning toward it, that is a great time to go. As we close, is there anything that you'd want to share for the person who's listening and who may be struggling with anxiety? Everyone, I would imagine in their lifetime, whether they recognize it or not, will experience this anxiety at some point Mm -hmm. because the human brain is built that way. Mm -hmm. I have just started coaching Mm -hmm. and I'm coaching people because I have my mental health practice, the, the counseling practice, but moving into coaching because there are people who don't have a clinical diagnosis yeah. and there are people who have already been through counseling and feel like they're still worried or they're mm-hmm. still worrying. And what did I do wrong? Or what can I do differently? Yeah. And so I would just say, remembering that you're not broken. There's not something wrong with you. This is a natural process. Mm-hmm. And then seeking the support you need. If you haven't been to therapy, maybe therapy is the way. If you've been to therapy or feel like that's a little too clinical, yeah. you or you might not be have a diagnosis, then coaching can be very helpful to help you make those moderate lifestyle shifts and the, you know, the mindset shifts and just those little tweaks that can move that needle for you in a big way with anxiety. It's a natural process. Don't, you know, don't judge yourself, but learning, learning more about yourself, what your triggers are and what calms you. Yeah. And of course you're not alone. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Kathy. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps others just like you to find the show. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Kathy Ann Roach or in my Facebook group, Conversations with Kathy, where we connect live, discuss the episodes, and share tips for improving our lives. So until next time.